As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Hello there, I'm Gavin Emmett and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. We're in Malaysia for the penultimate round of the season, but the tensions are still on what was an incredible race last time out in Australia. And here is how the race was won. On to the front straight, the Gardner straight comes. Mark Marquez in second place. Surely it's going to be Valentino Rossi. And round the outside, he's looking. Maverick Vinales, who's going to get it? Rossi, Zarco, Vinales. No, Vinales got it. Breathtaking stuff indeed. And I'm joined in Sepang by Jules and Keith after uh, I'm sure they enjoyed that commentary as well. What a race and battle that was, fellas. <laughs> Julian uh. puts his arm across to me there as if you could lead this one off. <laughs> Yamaha, for me, big surprise. Where did that come from? All three of them or the works ones? Well, no, the works ones, the factory ones. I mean, yep. the Tech 3s haven't yet um, had that dip that uh, perhaps uh, we might have expected from the Yamahas. But the, the factory ones, you know, it didn't seem to be sorted, and then all of a sudden it was. Yeah, yeah. no tyre degradation at the end of the race. So where did that come from, Jules? Have you been able to find anything out? Because no, I haven't. No, no. No one's going to tell us that. I mean, was it a, due to the circuit? You know, no yeah. drag races out of slow corners. It is, a, it is a great circuit for racing at, in just in general, isn't it? And that race demonstrated just why. It was uh, Tammy Gurali, the Israeli journalist, she calculated 73 overtakes by the riders who finished in the top seven. 73, just those seven. How incredible is that? Phillip Island always delivers. It's that kind of place, but you only had to see the amount of paint from other people's manufacturers yeah. that were on the side yeah, of every yeah. other bike. Well, think back to 2015. What a race. <laughs> Year 2000 here, a similar to last week's, only with two strokes. I think that uh, I don't think I've seen anything quite as similar as that. That rubbing is racing, I know, but that was beyond. I tell you what, it goes to show. We see it in Moto Three. We see it sometimes in Moto Two. Rarely now, I must say, but Moto Three, we see it all the time. But the quality 
of the top men on the fastest machines in the world yeah. rubbing each other the wrong way around a place like Phillip Island. I have never seen, I, can recall, I can't recall ever seeing anything quite as spectacular as we saw last week. And I so enjoyed Johann Zarko's almost mystical statements after about you experiencing things he never thought he would be able to <laughs> talk about, and you had to be there. He learned it all on a PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the top seven were separated by 5.6 seconds. Keith just referring back to Jorge Lorenzo's comment after uh, the previous round. It's the closest ever gap for the top seven. And it, I mean, top six is a different one and so on and so forth. But we've had some great races this year, whether it's the wet of Japan, whether in Austria. Was that, did that top the lot of them? Oh, or? yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and Jack Miller coming back after. Yeah. We forgot about a the local hero leg. at the yeah, front. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to bear in mind that he came back in a shorter time than it took. Ballet to come back. By one day. By one day, yeah, but it all counts when you're a racer, mate. Yeah, You've but never it, quite understood that, George. But he didn't get the top five that he was hoping for, That's but true. he put in a good, good stint he in the office. He just cooked his tyres a bit early. Led four laps but, at but, the start of the race. Didn't the crowd love it? Exactly. That's the thing. He actually did everything he could, really. He yeah. had to lead the early laps because if he didn't, he wasn't going to. <laughs> that race, for me, is what Mark Marquez meant about Phillip Island when he said this. Uh, you are riding all FP1 with your boss here. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> and yet, six riders with nothing to lose, effectively, were beaten by the man with it all to lose, Mark Marquez, yet again, Keith. Well, they he played all, it to perfection, didn't he? They all had them up round their neck, didn't they? <laughs> Let's face it. It wasn't one man that didn't have them up round their neck. <laughs> but his strategy, his racecraft, the way he worked it out, he How? sat tight. He, 24 he sat, years old. And he couldn't even sit tight because he was being attacked left, right and centre. Well, they all were, and I think that was the whole thing. I mean, it was interesting in a press conference that Joanne Zarco said that with Mark, he doesn't insist. In other words, uh, that you can make a pass on me. He doesn't insist on having the ground. But with Valet, he said it, he, he's like he has, I can't do the French accent, so I won't, but uh, like he has eyes in the back of his head. Yeah. I mean, pretty remarkable analogy, I must say, from, from what was quite a jokey social media question. The answer that you get from Zarco, he is on a different planet, let's Completely. face it. But, I mean, what a great answer. He's sort of a warrior monk, isn't he, in amongst the bling, uh, what the bling merchants. And, yeah. The thing that came to me is that it was, it was quite a diplomatic answer, but ultimately he said, but the thing is, Mark knows he can beat you. And yeah. is that the, the sort of higher state that Mark finds himself, he, that uh, inner confidence? Well, once you've got everyone else thinking you are, you're almost there anyway. Well, well look what he did. In a, in a group fight, and in a group fight, luck always plays a part, we are led to believe unlike the purity of the two-man mm. fight in Mategi. Yet Mark Marquez was able to just at will escape from it. And we saw what those three Yamahas were doing behind him all over each other. I mean, other. They, they helped him a little bit. If you spoke, I spoke to Maverick afterwards and he said, basically, if I hadn't had Unoni running me in the side and yes, the two yes, of the Yamahas, I, know, I felt I, know what I could George, be What Jules is saying is that, that basically left them to play with each other and yeah. he just got himself, he got enough distance for them to trip each other up, which gave yeah. him an even greater lead yeah. in the end. I mean, I think... I'm not sure that's strategic. It's just that he he had that extra little bit of performance that allowed that. I, I wouldn't say that he he planned it any more than anyone else planned what they were doing around there. I just but don't believe he can in that line. fight. That's what it takes now. That's what it takes now in all three classes. That's what it takes. You've got to risk something if you are going to win a title. Other other people, Jules, don't you reckon, in in the same situation, might have said, "I'm not getting involved." Dovi's Dovi's back. He's going to finish 11th, the best. And so, do you know what? I'll take my fifth. But well, you didn't have a choice. I don't think it. You know, oh yeah, I'll finish eighth. I don't think that's in the vocabulary of any of those guys. If you relaxed in that group, you were eighth. Do you know what else as well? I can speak as as a, as a rider, if I may. 
or an old rider, as I may, the fact is, is that when you're in that kind of dogfight, you love it. You yeah. absolutely love it. And what Valentino said afterwards, you, I think a few people were braced for maybe there was going to be a, a few words here and there and, a, and maybe a little bit of um, verbal fisticuffs afterwards. But no, every one of those guys loved their job that Again, day. I enjoyed Zarko. They've been telling me I am uh, aggressive. It seems I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> or is it aggressive or stupid, as Valentino well, seems yeah, to suggest? Oh, it's a very fine line between the two. Yeah, yeah. as <laughs> Valentino was pointing out. In fact, later on, when Valentino did his debriefs, he wasn't quite so amused as he seemed straight mm. after the race. Yeah, but that's because at the end of the day, you know, he realised how close everybody was on the edge. But that's what made it such a sparkling race. That's what ah. made it so special. You've got eight guys at one point that were all going hammer and tong. But no one looked like they were going to crash. That is even the though they thing. were even yeah. though they were rubbing each other in the braking areas. Now, it, it was incredible. If it were Moto Three, you know somebody would have been <laughs> through the fence. But it, the fact was, you'd got eight of the top guys hammer and tong at it, rubbing paint. Two rookies in there as well. Wins yeah. on the back of it, just hanging on. Zarco, a rookie. Mm. Satellite bikes from Miller and Crutchlow in there. What more does the motorsport want? And or Marquez finishing the race with the broken tail section of his bike after the clutter from Joan Zarco. He comes here now, 33 points in the lead. He can win the championship this weekend with a first or second, and it's guaranteed. That's all how it all shakes out after it. Will he win it this weekend? The weather's going to play a massive factor, Jules. I mean, the weather forecast looking at it at the moment is it's going to chuck it down yeah. all weekend. So I think that's going to be the... And the problem is, and I mean, we've been expecting Mark to throw it at the fence for some time now at a crucial point. Me and Hodgie sit here and I think Hodgie says it every round. It's, it's time that he fell down. We get difficult weather this weekend. Just maybe this is all going to Valencia and it's going to be a lot finer than it looks at the minute. Yeah, 24 crashes already this season. Yeah, anything's possible. I'm not going to argue with Keith. But he's, had a, but he's had a lot of crashes this year. They've just yes. not been at critical times. Mm. Yes. He's got one coming, Mark Marquez. Interesting thought. Right. I, I have this sneaky feeling it's going to Valencia. I don't know. I can't justify that statement. Nobody can. <laughs> None of us can. But I have this sneaky feeling that this season has another twist in its tail. And Dovi did win here last year. We exactly. must not forget. If it's wet and here, Ducatis are a good thing. Unlike at Phillip Island, where the first Ducati home was Scott Redding in 11th. Hmm. It was a disaster. I tell you what, unmiti unmitigated disaster. Uh, all the things, all the progress they thought they'd made this year just went to the wall, didn't it? Well, let's hear from Mark Marquez and his thoughts ahead of possibly winning a sixth World Championship and fourth in MotoGP here this weekend. Got to talk about Philip Hander. What a race that was. <laughs> Tell us what it was like from your point of view. Yeah, it was an amazing race. Amazing race. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot on the bike, but... Uh, Honestly, it was difficult to manage uh, that, that race. I, I tried to, to make a, quite a similar strategy or just try to be calm in the, in the first part of the race the, and just attack the last five laps uh, like I did uh, in, a, in another races. And, and yeah, I was trying to manage the tires and, uh, and in the end, I give everything uh, what I had. But honestly, it was, was tough because most of the riders that were in front didn't fight for the championship, and I'm fighting for the championship plus the race. So difficult to, to manage, but uh, in the end, uh, 25 points really important.
Right, so uh, we've heard from Mark Marquez. I wonder what you think about Valentino Rossi's quote. We touched on it uh, just previously when he said, this is the game, it's like this, it's a bit dangerous, but this is the way now. If not, you have to stay at home. So I wonder if the likes of Joan Zarco, does that mean they need to be a bit more careful if uh, he's roughing up the factory riders, if he wants no, to I think, that slot? I, I, I think that they're all capable. Uh, hang on a minute. Just step back a little bit in time to each and every one of these guys. Each and every one of these guys has had a name for crashing into somebody at some stage. There is there is not one of them that can be... How many times has Valentino Rossi knocked someone off at the last corner? Uh, I can think of three at the there moment. There you go. I mean, the, the point is, is that... They step up when they need to step up. They do the extra bit when they need when they need the extra bit. There's nothing wrong with Zarko. Uh, Zarko's just doing what he. Uh, has nobody to. was outside the limits of what was decent racing conduct. Well, who's setting them? <laughs> Those <laughs> limits. The people who compete within the race. That's exactly right. Nobody complained. So, what about the man we haven't mentioned in all this talk of the battle at the front, Andrea Davizioso? Because we've mentioned all the others. They're risk takers in so many ways. Dovi hasn't got a reputation for that over the year, but he's had the reputation of being savvy. Will that serve him in good stead this weekend? Or will he need to start taking risks to bring this title down to Valencia? Well, he's always, yeah, he's going to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Jules. Both. That's exactly right. He's got At the end of the day, we've got two rounds left. He's 33 points in arrears. So, you know, he's got to, he's got to do the business. But that Ducati has not been like it was before. All the data and all the setup and all the stuff they've had before. This year, it's been it's worked on tracks we didn't expect it to work on. It's not worked on ones that perhaps it might have worked on. It did, it failed so miserably at Phillip Island. Yeah, what, I was what, stunned. Why was that? Because Scott Redding, as, as Jules mentioned before, was atop the catty when he was 11th. <laughs> and now he's in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. What do we put it down to, though, then? Well, Is it just a, the anomaly of Phillip Island? Uh, Phillip Island, the premium on carrying speed through the corners. What can the Ducati... What's the Ducati never done, turned in the middle of corners. It's and amazing how that inherited factor yeah. still is still there. That DNA is still there. Was it exacerbated by the aero, I ask myself? What? No aero. Uh, did Dovi have aero on? No. Loren uh, no, Lorenzo did. Lorenzo did. Dovi didn't. Dovi didn't. And mm. the Pramac boys didn't, I don't think, in the end either. No, I didn't see any on Pramac. So, I mean, I think the fr they sacrificed the aero because for turn speed. Yeah. You know, all and that so effort getting from side to side when you've got aero makes it harder work. But that's even what Suzuki said as well. They, they took the aero off for the that reason. Even speaking to Dovi before the weekend in Phillip Island, he was saying, yeah, he, he says, look, the bike's great picking up out of the corner. It's fantastic on braking, but we still have the inherent problem. We still have it. Yeah, and how much time do you spend at Phillip Island actually straight up and down as opposed to on the side of a tyre? Very little. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> but Dovi does have form here at Sepang. He won here one year ago. Let's hear from him before this weekend here in Sepang. It was a tough weekend, we tried to do the maximum, but unfortunately we wasn't able to get uh, a lot in the race. And with my mistake in uh, the second lap, uh, for sure become worse, but we didn't have the speed, so I wasn't able to recover a lot of uh, position. This is very bad for the championship, but we have to be realistic and uh, we have to think in uh, positive until at the end of, this, of the season. And uh, we will see in this track everything can happen. I think we can be quite competitive in the dry and especially on the wet. But, uh, you know, in this track, uh, the weather changed uh, many times. It is an unusual track, this, obviously, with, with the heat and that like you, We have seen you go well here in the past. Is it a place you like, though? The track is one of the best in our championship, for sure. The, the condition is really over the limit for the riders. 
but it's the same for everybody, so we have to try to manage in the best way. And we, I'm, I'm really interested to see the, our uh, competitive uh, on, on the dry because we never be so fast in the dry here. But it's a track I like a lot, so I think this year we was fast in many tracks, where in the past we wasn't. So I'm quite optimistic, and we have to approach the weekend uh, very determined. Physically, the hardest track of the year? Oh, sure, 100%. It's very, very, very difficult. If it's a long time, we, I mean, uh, three, minimum three, four years, we didn't make a full race in the dry, fortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Tommy. So we've heard from our title rivals. Let's crack on with uh, all the other stories you might not know about before the weekend. Alicia Spargo missing this race uh, with a broken metacarpal. He's going back to uh, Barcelona to have it operated on. Yeah, that's a big shame. That was a big weekend at Phillip Island. They've made a breakthrough. He's made a breakthrough. He's fitter than he's ever, ever looked. He's, he, he's thrown everything at the last few race meetings. That break we had just before we went on the three-week flyaways. You know, there's a man that's really... Not that any of them aren't, but... but he's exceptionally put, yeah, he's, so. He's put yeah. everything at it. So to be broken before the end of the season is a great shame. I spoke to uh, the team and uh, they said that he, he was actually going, wanting to try it still here but he got here on Monday, he had two days of pain, uh, sleepless nights and he said, I don't mind pain when I'm riding but if it's constant pain throughout the weekend it clearly needs an operation so that's why he's decided to do it, right decision. And he suspected that when yeah. he was coming here as we, you saw from his tweets and yeah. uh, what have you, unlucky to put it mildly. Um, of course, we're missing Jonas Folger again at Tech 3. Michael van der Mark is filling in, and he finally gets his going MotoGP uh, with Yamaha. Of course, he went to Aragon, didn't he, and didn't get to ride there. To he did for Rossi. But that wasn't his birthday. Today's his birthday, yeah. the 26th. So he's got a big birthday weekend, and I hope we can celebrate with him on Sunday night. Nice present, isn't it, though? He, he's, a, he's a great kid. I, I, I really admire Mickey van der Mark. I think he's got, he's got a nice manner about him. He can ride a motorcycle. He deserves a go at it, that's for sure. Couldn't do it last weekend, obviously, because of the, the World Superbike round that was on at the same time. So he gets his go. Well, he did all right, actually. He was, up, he was racing right at the front as yeah. well last time. Clearly, he's finding something. I think, I, I think the problem is he's getting on a brand spanking new motorcycle that he hasn't ridden, and the, the weather here is, yeah. is going to be a bit tricky. So if he's got iffy conditions and it's... And, differing on each day that's really tricky when you jump on a motorcycle to try and and, and come it come together on sunday yeah having spoke to mickey earlier he said the only thing he's got going from is he he knows which way to turn because he knows the track but he's well, yeah, quite a big else. deal that helps some way doesn't it uh, we could also as well crown a motor two world champion this weekend franco morbidelli 29 points clear of tom Lutie. so simple equation for for tom who has won here on a couple of occasions previously he has to win the race yeah and he's hurt that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? He's a bit battered, which I, I think he's not in the best of Nick. Two rounds left, and uh, Frank, he's, re, he, he's got an end on that trophy again, hasn't he? Now? He has. I mean, if, if you saw Tom Luther getting off his bike mm. after the Philip Island Grand Prix, he couldn't quite manage it on his own. But and, and there's no odds in, sorry, Gav, there's no odds in the debilitating effect of this kind of oppressive heat and humidity. It really, as a rider, when you're not feeling very well, this just adds to it pretty big. But Frankie's had one hand on the title a few times That's this right. year. <laughs> and, and it's somehow been reeled in a couple of times. Yep. So we've seen the KTM strong. Uh, we know there are probably going to be other people in the mix, if, especially in tricky conditions. So 
I don't know. What do we think about that one? Am I right in thinking KTM's first ever Grand Prix one was here with Casey in the 125s? Uh, yeah, you could well be right in the 125s, yeah. So I want to know where it comes from, Jules. <laughs> I just want to... You were rubbing your beard. Is it some kind of, like, genie yep. type thing? Oh, yeah, it's just... just it's, you, you, you've seen a and kill bit. Do you know who he beat? In that race. Oh, come on. What's this a stat off between well, you two? Well, you might as well. Two, while we're at two it. of the both best boys when it comes to bookwork that we've got Quartation. on the plot. Andrea Davizioso. Was it? In really? the final <laughs> corner. I remember it like it was yesterday. Unbelievable. I'll get me coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an omen for now, Sunday. Third was. <laughs> uh, that is an even better question. I have absolutely no uh, idea. Digi-Den's got the book. He's going to no, get no, the no, book There's out. no cheating. We can't, can't <laughs> allow the book. We can't allow that. We'll save that one for you guys at home to uh, fire in at us at BT Sport Moto GP. Let's move on to Moto3 then. We've got our champion in Juan Mir. Uh, to me... I don't know about you, fellas, but he looks like a class act. Do we think he's heading right to the top? I absolutely oh. do. That, that, I mean, I think Jules and I have agreed oh. on this for some time, which is one of the rare things in life. Um, but for every Mark Marquez and Maverick Vinales in Moto2, there's a Sandro Cortese, a Danny Kent, uh, Alex Marquez, Ooh. where it's taken time to get to the top. So what, what's he got to do to avoid that? I think the way that he's ridden this year and the way that he's worked out how to do it in difficult situations i think that's what puts him slightly aside from from the normal world champions <laughs> yeah <laughs> normal well, world he's, champions. he's won more motor three races than anyway. yeah. could beat rossi's record and it's just the way he worked for me he looks like he's got a technical ability yes. that you can ally to uh, motor gp i yeah. think motor gp he's got the brain that seems to suit that he's got the well he's got the personal eloquence i mean the guy oh, is intelligence is there isn't it absolutely i just i just think he's got that that riding technical ability to translate to MotoGP. In Tardotzi, when I asked Tardotzi the same sort of question years ago about Carl Fogarty, Tardotzi said to me, there are many good riders, there are very few great riders. When you see it, you know it. And we're going to Mir. We think, we think we've seen it and known it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he looks like uh, he's he could go there. He could win 11 races and set a new record for the lightweight class. We'll have to wait and see what he gets up to here in Sepang. Thank you very much, Keith. Cheers, Jules, as well. It's going to be another fascinating race weekend. In Japan, we had the Marquez and Dovi battle in Australia. We had those 73 overtakes and an Australian leading the Grand Prix. So can you afford not to join us in the middle of the night for the race? We get underway at 1.30 a.m. on Sunday morning for race day on BT Sport 2. Don't forget, the clocks go uh, spring forward, fall back, back. Oh, on a Sunday night at two in the morning. So do remember that. Uh, make sure you join us. We will see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye.